Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapized. My name is Cassie Dennis. I am a therapist. I'm currently in training. I'm working towards my PhD in clinical psychology. And I started this podcast so that I could listen to the stories of people in therapy, specifically people whose identities differ from my own. This week, we're meeting Tori Williams Douglas. Tori is an amazing Portland-based anti-racism educator and content creator, and I really hope you enjoy hearing from her as much as I enjoyed talking to her. So Tori, I'm going to give you a badass intro because it's what you deserve, but how about you also tell us in your own words who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah. Um, like fast or slow? Like you want to, you want, you want all the info or you want just, <laughs> just give us, give us a deep dive. Oh, okay. Okay. I can do that. Uh, hi, I'm Tori Williams Douglas. I, what do I do? This is like such a hard question to answer. So <laughs> I have a podcast called White Homework and I use White Homework, which is basically a tool for learning um, about anti-racism and like how you can apply it in your own life and work and community. I use that, like the funds that I get from that to pay rent. So right now we're paying rent for a family of color for a year. And my goal is to be able to get to the point where we're paying rent for two to three families every year. Yeah. So I grew up very conservative. And so I've, I've, I've done a fair amount of therapy. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was, it's kind of like as far of a pendulum swing, I think, as you can go, like, mm-hmm. you know, being raised in like a fundamentalist environment and <laughs> going all the way to the other side <laughs> of the spectrum. It's a lot um, to unlearn. Yeah. <laughs> a lot to unlearn. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a process, but I like, I love learning. And I think that like, especially with therapy, like you gain so many skills that a lot of us just don't have like in our families of origin, like we just weren't taught and so, um, yeah, that's been, that's been really empowering for me and in my work. Yeah. Awesome. Can you give us like an overview of your prior experiences with therapy? Uh, yeah, actually, um, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, <laughs> so basically when I was, let's see here, when I was t- 21, I guess, almost 22, I was still living at my parents' house and my parents basically decided like unilaterally without getting me tested or medication or anything that I was bipolar and it was because they didn't like my behavior. And so it had to be a mental illness, right? In their minds. And so um, a year or two later, I started therapy and you know, thankfully it was, they, they inadvertently sent me to an actual therapist. (laughs) A happy Um, accident. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not like a Christian counselor. So my, that was like, that was so empowering for me, right. To be able to define my, my, to, to define myself, right. To define my values and decide like what I was and was not willing to put up with in terms of 
how other people treat me. And also I think definitely like raise the standard for me for how I treat other people as well. So that was, that was a really, that was a really great experience, honestly. And I've, you know, I've been, I've been back to therapy several times since, um, just to work on different things. Let's see, I guess in 2012, 2012, no, no, 2015, excuse me. I was diagnosed with general anxiety, which not super surprising given, I think my circumstances upbringing and being in an environment where there was no, there's no cushion, right? So the way that I think about it is just using my kids as an example, like my, the way that I structure my parenting is I want my kids to have as much emotional and like mental, psychological um, cushion from like the outside world and like negative opinions or antisocial beliefs. So as much as possible, right? Because the data very clearly shows um, kids who are raised in these more supportive environments, like they don't have to go and then like try to figure out who they are, right? When they're like in their twenties, they don't have to go out and like, they're not going out and making all these mistakes because they are getting all this input from people who don't actually care about their best interests because they don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, like just the way that I parent, like making sure that I am empowering my kids to be fully themselves, right? And and um, also simultaneously to respect others, right? And value consent. And like, again, tools that like I wasn't necessarily given as a kid. I think that for, you know, for me growing up, I didn't have that, right? It was like this very kind of rough, I kind of think of it like a joint a little bit, right? Where it's like you have this cartilage that's supposed to protect you from like the rough spots, mm-hmm. you know? And I, like, I didn't have that. It was just kind of a bone on bone situation, um, which is very painful. Um, I'm sure anybody who has dealt with this issue knows that <laughs> firsthand. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I view it is like being able to build in. And that's what I do now, like with self-care, I'm taking care of myself. It's like mm-hmm. it's so basic, but again, it was like conservative, evangelical, like you're not supposed to care about yourself, right? You're supposed to care about others and the church and Christ. And so <laughs> it was, um, it was definitely a switch to go from that, like constantly giving to like, no, I have to take care of myself. Otherwise I'm useless to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm so worn down that I am snapping. Right. Because like, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, I'm in so much pain that I just break, right? Every time, (laughs) every time I encounter like the smallest upset. And so, yeah, like going to, going to therapy, like since that happened has been, has been really good. And I like, I like normalizing it. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to like learn all of these skills that kind of weren't given to you in any form in your childhood. So you also, you went through kind of a theological shift. Is that something that you ever processed or talked about in therapy? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Because I think because there was such a disconnect with like what I was being taught, um, which was like, love your neighbors and care for the poor. And, you know, all of the things that Jesus talks about. And then, 
you know, turning around and seeing in regards to race, at least like the people who taught me this my whole life, like don't actually believe it. Right. If it's like a black kid in a hoodie at night, like that's a problem. That's not a neighbor. That's a suspect. Right. And so for me, like having to deal with these kind of huge crises of faith because it was like, oh, I thought that we were all on the same page with this. I thought that we were all agreeing to love our neighbors. It's like, oh no, 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 no. That's, that's, some people are neighbors and some people are not. And that's okay. Like, that's not my value system. So you can do that if that's, you know, it would have been nice if you'd said what you meant originally. <laughs> I wish I knew how you were framing this before I took it to heart. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, it's because, you know, I was raised in, in a, like a hyper religious environment and like a very high, high control environment. Um, yeah, it was a big shift to move away from that. I like, I don't, I guess I have spiritual practices now. I don't have like a faith belief or framework, but yeah, being able to process that in therapy was huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So have you had like therapists who have a lot of visibly different identities from your own or the same? Have you had like good and bad experiences within those differences? Um, Yeah, I've kind of had people all over the spectrum and it is really interesting because you like, you can't really tell, right? Like you can't tell um, walking into a room, like the first time that you meet a therapist, you don't necessarily know, right? Like, it's a process to try to get connected with someone who is a good fit. And like, are you going to trust my worldview? Are you going to be right. up to date on these things? Or mm-hmm, are you going to mm-hmm. invalidate me all over again? Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, thankfully I've been, I guess, just lucky to be able to kind of progress from <laughs> the counseling originally that was still like kind of Christian based, but also like using, like providing actual tools, right? Because those things are not mutually exclusive. It's just like you have to have the proper training um, in order to to be able to do that well. Um, but yeah, and then moving to like over, you know, because that was over 10 years ago, like going to a therapist who is a woman of color who is like queer affirming and um, affirming of different kinds of arrangements for families and individuals and relationships and, and just being open to that and being willing to work through what comes with like moving away from this, the structure that you were given where it's like, Nope, this is the only way. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. So transitioning, I've kind of gone like the full, <laughs> the full spectrum there. And it's nice because it's just kind of like, as I've grown and changed and become more myself, yeah, I've been, I guess I've just been really lucky to be able to find therapists who were supportive. Mm-hmm. And you said, so you learned like a lot of self-care. That's not something that you were necessarily taught earlier, but through therapy, you've realized that you have to take care of yourself first. What, what are some things that you do to really prioritize your mental health? Um, so for me, let's see the biggest, my biggest things personally are sleep. I need a lot of sleep. So oh, yeah. in order to not be like really grumpy or like dependent on caffeine to make it through the day. (laughs) Um, yeah, I need like 
eight and a half, nine hours of sleep most nights. And at first I was like, oh, that's such a bummer. Like I have to be in bed like at 10, right? But I decided, I decided, uh, I guess last year that that was something I just had to prioritize and I couldn't, I couldn't slack on that. And it's actually really paid off. So, you know, that was worth it. The other thing that I do um, for my mental health is working out, like just being active and prioritizing kind of any, any kind of movement, just making sure that it's regular uh, and consistent. That just raises my baseline, right? For, mm-hmm. for where I am emotionally. So that's, that's a huge thing for me. Another thing that I have kind of just introduced recently is doing uh, cold showers first thing in the morning. And then there's some, there's some science behind it, actually. I don't remember, this was on Twitter, or maybe it wasn't even Twitter. Maybe it was like Tumblr back in the day, but someone, someone asked the question, okay, why do, why in movies when someone's freaking out, do they go immediately to the bathroom or to the kitchen and like splash their face with cold water? Like who does that? And apparently there's like been research on this and it's actually a helpful thing if you feel like you were spiraling because you have such sensitive nerves in your face, right? To have that like instant contrast can really help you if you are like about to experience a panic attack or Mm -hmm. um, if you feel like you were spiraling in some way. So just learning little things about like cold therapy essentially has been, that's that's what I'm kind of learning about now and um, kind of experimenting with. But yeah, so those are, those are some of my, my tools. I've heard a little bit about like grounding techniques through yes. temperatures and ice cube on your face or holding a hot mug mm-hmm. of liquids mm-hmm. and things like that. And that's interesting. I've never even thought about the comparison to movie people splashing their faces in yeah. water. That's yeah, I had, I had never thought about it either. But and then I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm totally going to do that now. <laughs> right? Like, excuse me, I'm just going to go splash my face real quick. Then I'll be good. It's so accessible, right? Yes. Like That's something that it's like you... You know, like I, I understand, like working out, for example, isn't super accessible for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But like, oh, cold shower. Okay. Like I can that, do that. That's pretty accessible for most people. So yeah. Awesome. And so you do, you do some really amazing anti-racism education and work, um, but it's really heavy work. So is this something that you've discussed and dealt with in therapy or do you depend on other supports to kind of process that heavy but important work that you do? Um, so I do, I have a really kind of wide web of support that I use, including um, friends who are therapists. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's so great. And so like, yeah, I definitely have a lot of resources available Mm -hmm. but I I'm also in at a place right now where I feel really I don't want to necessarily say steady but I feel like I kind of I feel like I have a good grasp on the work on the toll that it takes and like what I need to do to care for myself in order to not burn out Mm -hmm. essentially because it is it's emotionally heavy for sure like oh my gosh they're I'm just thinking of like like I love to read American history and yeah, sometimes there's just books where I'm like, uh, it's taken me two or three months to get through a single chapter because it's just like, I feel sick to my stomach every time Mm -hmm. I go and like try to read or listen to whatever this is. 
but yeah, I've been working really hard on making sure that I am in a place where I can actually do the work that I do and do it mm-hmm. well. Because burnout is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've, you know, I've been working really hard to try to protect myself in that way because yeah, it does end up getting really heavy. Okay. I forgot to ask you my fun questions at the beginning. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ask those to you now. Yeah. Would you rather have a pet dragon or a pet dinosaur? Ooh, okay. Uh, is it like any kind of dinosaur? Yeah. Like I get to pick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not good with pets, so <laughs> let's go with the dragon. I feel like a dragon is self-sufficient in many ways. It can, like, fly off and find its own food. <laughs> exactly. Like, you can deal with that yourself. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a great reasoning. I, w- I would pick a dragon just because I would want to fly around on it, like, oh, how yeah. to train your dragon style. But yeah, And there are some freaky dinosaurs, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, the next question is, what is the worst food that you have ever tried? Mm, that's interesting because I feel very strongly that food is good or bad, just strictly dependent on like how it's prepared. Like if it's prepared well, it's good. Right. And so I kind of, that's, oh man, I don't, this is, this is really hard for me. I hate peas. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I like, I'm in my thirties and I still think peas are disgusting. That's fair. There's so many other vegetables. Why force yourself to eat the one you hate? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I really wish that I liked tomatoes. I feel very left out that tomatoes are not something that I enjoy because they are so pretty and they're in basically everything yes. I like to make. <clears throat> I don't like tomatoes either. And I'll see like beautiful like sandwiches with yeah. tomatoes and mozzarella. And I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. And I know I'm going to hate it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that part. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And then the last and my favorite question, what is your favorite milk substitute? I, I I know it's, I know it's not great for the environment, but I still like almond milk a lot. (laughs) It's a good taste. It's so like non offensive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not fussy. It's just very subtle. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty open to, milk alternatives okay in general but if i'm gonna go and buy one it's generally gonna be almond milk i've i've never tried macadamia nut milk but mm-hmm. i have heard mm-hmm. that it is decent and it need to do like a taste test yes but so i know i should do that too i would love to do that okay so i would like you to plug everything that you do because i think personally i think that everyone should follow you Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, so my podcast is decided. It's White Homework. Um, you can just go to whitehomework.com to find that. Um, super easy. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Tori Glass, T-O-R-I. And my website also, where I have some White Homework lessons, is just toriglass.com. So mostly straightforward. There we go. Pretty easy. And I'll link it all in the episode notes. So no one has any excuse for not being able to find you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But thank you so much for coming on and for talking about your experiences with therapy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome.